Hello, everybody, and welcome to the at-home edition of Just in the Nick of Time. Uh, as you can probably figure out, we are recording this remotely. The building in which we normally re uh, record has been closed for the academic school year. So this is how we can crank out episodes. So we're going to give this a whirl and see how it goes. Famous last word. Yeah. But if you wanted us to, like, you know, uh, upgrade equipment, then you could subscribe and then you could get all your friends to subscribe and then and then you could get those people to yell at sponsors and be like yo casper mattresses what the hell why haven't you given a sponsorship to just in the nick of time yet and then you know we'd be able to buy stuff but we can't have nice things because y'all aren't working hard enough this is your fault i don't know how else to tell you that audience but this is all on you <laughs> If you want the show to sound good, support us while we sound bad. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. If you want us at our best, you have to deal with us at our worst. Yes. I just started recording. Just throwing this out there, that's a red flag, and anyone who ever tells you that, you should run in the opposite direction. In the month <laughs> we have been gone, um, here's everything that's happened in sports. And Nothing. No games have been played. That's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about a sports pod? Why why are we doing a sports podcast in a post-sports world? <laughs> One thing that has been getting me through this month without sports is the fact that there is still a crap ton of NFL draft news and rumors I can read up on. So that's what's been getting me through this. I have been into this draft more than I have almost any other draft solely for that reason. If I can just focus on this one thing, I can convince myself there's still a world of sports out there. But after the draft, I think I'm just going to, like, curl up in the ball and die. It's an honest-to-God collective experience. How exciting yeah. is that? I know. So I am just beyond hype for this draft. And uh, pretty much, like, all the other football fans I know are, like, the person at work I talk about football with, think about every other sentence that we have said to each other for the past month has started with either if I'm the Falcons or if I'm the Raiders I do this so yeah all right so are we going to get your full uh first first round draft board here or what's the what's the format how are you going to walk right. us through this first of all even if you really don't care about the teams and the players or know all that much about who should pick let's watch it for the experience because this draft has went from being placed in Vegas, where the players would travel to the stage across a casino fountain on a miniature boat taking place in Roger Goodell's basement. Which begs the question, what do you reckon his basement looks like? That has been the fascinating thing with all this quarantine mm. entertainment for me. I get to see so many people's houses. That's true. Yeah. 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 I think that they've probably like souped up his basement. I bet we're going to get like an NFL, like, you know, that like wrap that almost works like it, like it, I don't know how to describe it, but like it's got logos and, stuff on it. logos and stuff on it. Yeah. We're going to end up with that tonight. I really hope that either A, they, there's a green screen and they do that, but someone somehow hacks it and we just get 
Yeah, but then, like, the other thing about it is, like, a lot of the players don't actually physically go to the draft, yeah. especially just especially past, like, the first 10, 15 picks. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were already just going to see a bunch of, like, you know, Joe Schmo from Southeast Arkansas State Tech, like, hanging out with his family. But now, instead of it being a cameraman there, it's just them hanging around a Zoom screen, flipping out, because he's being paid a lot of money to get CTE. I'm sorry, I don't like the draft. We've got a whole block for it later, where I just get to talk about how I don't like the draft. It's going to be fun. What's that? I am loving it. I love it as a TV event because it's such a bad TV event that they try so hard to make entertaining, and I love that aspect of it. Yeah. We'll get there when we get there. Talk us through what we need to know. Okay. Presume that I'm the guy who normally, were this a normal year, would watch the first, like maybe the first 20 picks and then flip it to a baseball game but I have no baseball game to flip it to. So now I'm probably going to watch all three rounds because I have nothing else to do or all three days worth. So the selections will also be taking place remotely as well. So the front offices of all 32 teams will be like Zoom conferencing as well to who they want to pick. They'll have to like Zoom that into the league office too, which made several... Oh what are yes. the odds they get Zoom bombed? That's, that's where I was getting to. Like, several GMs and coaches and whatnot, they're very paranoid that their thing's going to get hacked. And don't condone hacking or Zoom bombing, but if it were to happen tonight, do you know how good of content that would be? Are you saying you don't condone hacking or Zoom bombing? No. Because I, I, in this case... Definitely condone this. <laughs> you have my blessing. If you get thrown in jail, that's not my fault, but you have all of my blessing. God. So, nothing else. Watch for that and for Roger Goodell's basement, which, and I pray that, like, a possum just, like, pops out and he has to try to kill it live on camera. There's something stupid like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So the consensus number one, uh, I think the top three picks have been basically known for a while now to be Joe Burrow to the Bengals at number one, Chase Young to Washington at two, and then Kuda, Jeff Okuda to the Lions at three. And uh, with Chase Young being the defensive end of Ohio State and Okuda being Ohio State's corner for that. And then, four to for 10, I think that's prime position for a trade-up for a lot of teams. Because mm-hmm. if I'm thinking through the Falcons' draft strategies this year, we're a team that's been mentioned to trade up big, you know, get into the top 10. And I'm thinking that with a season so uncertain as the NFL season that's coming up, I can't even for sure say it will happen like at all so if ever there was a year bet the farm and trade up with next year's draft picks it's this year how would they run the draft 
after no season. I don't, yeah, yeah. Know, I don't even know if you could. So if I'm the Falcons, I'm taking like next year's first, second, and third, and I'm getting, I'm getting at number four, Clemson's Isaiah Simmons. Linebacker, edge rusher, would solve both of those needs right now, cross them off the list. Because the Falcons have so many team needs. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. another reason I'm so into this draft is that our team is a, a disaster that has not been in quite some time. <laughs> so whose pick is number four? The Giants? The Giants, yes. So Leecher reports telling me they need O-line. Mm-hmm. So but what, what is the Giants' incentive to trade? You could get – like, I'm just banking on them, just their eyes popping out of their heads when they see first, second, third next year, and maybe like a third this year for sweetener. You know what I'm saying? You like, think somebody's sort of just going to give them an inordinate number of picks? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. But if they're not biting, then if I'm the Falcons, I'd do this. This is going to be very, very Falcon-centered draft coverage, by the way. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I am. I am very annoyed. Where's my Saints-centered draft coverage? I've not been paying any attention, so I don't deserve it. But yeah, I'll look I've it up been, later. I've been incapable of thinking this uh, in any other terms for the past month. I have been. I have had the the mock draft generator bookmarked and have just been trying to build the perfect draft for the Falcons all month. So <laughs> love it. Or. So the Falcons, um, we do this dumb thing where we lose a lot in the front half of the season and then we win a lot in the back half of the season. So Mm -hmm. we don't win enough to make the playoffs, but we don't lose enough to get a good draft pick. We've done that for the past two seasons. And, like, those seasons would be so much more fun in reverse. We're essentially in no man's land at 16, and I'm not in love with the prospects they have for us. If we Mm. can't trade up, I'm just saying – trade back because the prospects I'm looking at for our team needs early, like Christian Fulton, defensive back, LSU, we really need a corner. And I am not in love with CJ Henderson, who's the corner who's projected to go mid-teens. I say trade back and just get this bulk up on late round draft picks for this year. So if we could get all of our team needs of edge rusher, interior lineman, corner, offensive line, if we can get those all in the first four rounds, that would be perfect. And then just best pick available from here on out. That's my strategy. I've been thinking about this so much. Hmm. Any questions? Um, so let's see here. Falcons are 16. Bleacher Report says Jordan Love from Utah State, quarterback. Why not that? Aha. Uh-huh. Is all, thank you for mentioning that because it is smokescreen season. You know? Which is, I don't know. Okay. Thomas Dimitrov, our general manager, he has been watching these quarterbacks. He's been going to their drills and workouts and stuff. So everybody's thinking, is Falcons going to go quarterback? If you saw the contract we signed Matt Ryan to, you know we're not going quarterback. But he's making them think we're going quarterback when they, everybody else's zigs, you zag, is smokescreen season. Baby, I like that move. Hmm. All right. So, what are the Saints going to do? 
the Saints. Oh gosh, um, totally not googling this right now because I, I try not to pay much attention to the Saints team out of pure spite because I don't watch a lot of their games because they win a lot and I hate when they win. So fair enough. And I'm normally too angry when the Falcons lose to the Saints to pay attention to any flaws in their team. So I mean, I just want to want to throw throw out there that we're eight picks behind you. There are eight teams worth of you sucking more than us. <laughs> yep. But we still beat you and cost you a first-round buy in the playoffs that you used to lose to the Minnesota Vikings. So, I am Yeah, complaining. bad days, man. <laughs> but the Vikings are only one pick behind us. I know. How does this work? Like, I've never – like, again, I don't like the draft. I – We'll get there. But, like, I've never paid that much attention. So, like, how um, how do we decide who gets what? Of all the teams who lost in the wild card round, y'all had the best record in the regular season. Oh. The only 13-3 and three team to lose in the wild card round, by the way. But that's, why you you picked, that's why you picked last out of the wild card teams. The Vikings had the worst record regular season of any team who lost in the divisional round they pick first i got you so it goes round record round record yes which is why super bowl winner picks last runner-up picks 31st so then once we get to the teams that didn't make the playoffs hypothetically let's chat about the falcons what if you have the same record as a team that didn't make playoffs it's just the list of tiebreakers i believe it goes like common opponent and then like conference record, divisional record, and just all of those are still tied somehow, then it's like point differential. And if for some reason all nine tiebreakers of stuff like that is the same, they just coin flip it. So from what I can tell, Tua is the only real big storyline question mark. Yes. So... Bleacher Report has him at five with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? I'd say two was a very high-risk, high-reward type of player. I love watching mm-hmm. him in college. I love the way he throws the ball. I think there's a very real shot at NFL success. Injuries, and he's not like the prototypical size of an NFL quarterback, which as we've sort of seen with these new wave of quarterbacks doesn't really matter. That still matters to some. I think two out five is worth it because, again, injuries. I don't know when the season's gonna start. So if there was a year to take the gamble, it'd be the year where he potentially has a lot more time to get ready for the season. I'd say what at five. That's who I'd go with. That's not the safe pick. This is a more loaded quarterback class than we've seen in previous years. So if they want to go Justin Herbert at five, because my personal like I'm no NFL draft guru I've been wrong several times in the past I thought the Chiefs overdrafted Patrick Mahomes and look at him now I think Herbert's eye test quarterback in the draft for me I think he'll be the most successful that doesn't mean I'd take him out I guess I'd take him over Joe Burrow if I had to choose one person to run my franchise Burrow's yeah I was just gonna ask that like, why? It's clear consensus number one pick. 
uh, I like Herbert's pocket presence more. I like the way he can scramble. And Burrow, Burrow had, I think, everything go right his senior year at LSU. It wasn't really much the year before. He just had one insanely good year with an insanely good team around him. Mm-hmm. Herbert's had Herbert's had the struggle more, and he single-handedly led that offense to a Rose Bowl win and dominated against the stout Wisconsin defense in that game. So that's why I like Herbert more, and I'm a bit wary of Joe Burrow because there's no way everything can keep going right for Joe Burrow. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Yeah, to me, he's got the mark of a really good college quarterback that doesn't translate over well. Burrow does. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's a, like a real specific part of his play style I can point at and be like, that, that won't work. Because yeah. it, it's not like he's not, I don't know. Like, he's a very balanced college quarterback. And I don't think he's going to be like a Johnny Manziel type oh. fit. Like, I, I can't see the bust being that big. Mm-hmm. But I just, to me, for whatever reason, his throwing motion, his play style doesn't seem like it is a one-to-one transcription here. Mm-hmm. And plus, he plays uh, behind the best O-line, arguably the best O-line in the country at LSU. Bengals mm-hmm. aren't going to give him that. So, no. It's it's going to be a rough couple of years before he finds his footing. And when he finds his footing, then like, we'll see how he responds to that. Right now, my NFL comparison to him would be someone like Jared Goff, who's like, will succeed greatly if he has a great team around him. But as we saw last year, if he doesn't have his weapons, he's not going to lead an offense. That's just yeah. my opinion, though. Again, I thought the Falcons were idiots for picking Keanu Neal, and he turned out to be an all-pro safety. So I really don't know. But... <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah. NFL, NFL draft forecaster is like Weatherman. You can be wrong with no consequence. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true, I think. So if people want to watch this infernal thing, 7 p.m. ABC, is that right? Yes. But this pod will be up after it, so... Likely. So, yeah, you'll hear... straight to work after we're done recording it. Uh, I got you. I got you. Well, we're either right or we're wrong. Yeah. I don't feel like I made any predictions. Well, because because you're not really a fan of the draft. Yeah. I think on this show in the past, I've gone off about, like, non-sports sports stories mm-hmm. and how they annoy the hell out of me. And the the NFL draft is just like the pinnacle of the non-sporting event sports story for me. And like, so in my mind, there's two types. There's the type of non-sports story that's going to affect things that happen on the field right away. And you're going to see, like, a legitimate major change. Mm-hmm. And then there's the non-sport story that's like, I mean, maybe this will matter in five years, ten years, three years, whatever. Maybe it never matters. And that's how I feel about the draft. <laughs> it's like, in the league that is the NFL right now, even, like, 
the majority of the time for most positions for most teams these players are just not going to be stars coming straight in you cannot zion williams in the nfl you know you can't just rock up and be like oh look i'm clearly already a generation defining player and so i think that takes the magic out of the draft for me to some extent one of the other things i just I really like that sports in America and across the world, really, but particularly, I think, in the U.S., rolls in seasons. Mm-hmm. And I get that for a lot of people, spring is a real drought. Um, if you don't like golf and you don't like baseball. And you don't like the like, first round of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And the NBA playoffs, there's a whole other rant that I think we've probably gone on before. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I like early season MLS is always a lot of fun for me. And I like early baseball because everybody's figuring themselves out and rotations are changing. And people are making decisions. and You're starting to see, like, where the storylines are going to come in. And I really, really, really love golf in the spring um, when that's going on. And I think that the draft is just another example of how, like, there are sports fans in America. And then there are this other set of people who are just obsessed with the National Football League. And, like, could care about nothing else. And so even though it's friggin' April we've still got to talk about football. And I think that just, it's this, for, for me, who's like a pretty casual fan of almost all sports in America, it's this really, really irritating, like, ugh, I've got to deal with the football bros again, and I don't even get to enjoy the sport of football. Um, and I think it's a perfect example of something where, and we're guilty of this to some extent on the pod, but it's just like, you know, you're like next door neighbor is suddenly Adam Schefter. And it's like, dude, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to end up mattering in 10 years from this draft. I don't know what's going to matter. Like, didn't Tom Brady go historically low in the draft? 199. Right. Like, there is no way. There is no earthly way for us to be able to tell who the Tom Brady from this draft is. Because, like, if we knew that, he'd be the number one pick. Yes. But we don't. So I think it's just a combination of, like, it's this weirdly intense thing that doesn't have immediate impacts on the field, and we, we can't even extrapolate from this what those impacts are typically going to be. And the other thing is, like, I'm a big college football fan, specifically Nebraska, and, like, is it realistic? Like, are any Nebraska players going to get drafted this year? I think there's a very real chance we get four four draft picks. Oh, seriously? None going on days one or two, but... Yeah? Cornerback Lamar Jackson, who will be forever known in the NFL as, no, not that Lamar Jackson. He's projected to go fourth round. And then... 
Davis twins are both projected to be five through seven. Same thing with Gary and Daniels. So nice. But when was the last time we had a first rounder, Sue? Um, I, I guess so. I let me look it up. I think it might have been him. Randy Gregory should have been one, but he couldn't stay off the weed. So yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. How many people don't get picked because, you know, they do one stupid thing? Yep. Okay. That pops up in the movie Draft Day quite a bit. Uh, Prince Amukamara, 2011. Oh, he went first round. Good for him. He won a Super Bowl. to the New York Giants. Yeah. And he had a Whoa. solid career. Was Sue the number two pick? Yep. Damn. Last year, Tanner Lee to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 203. Yep. 2017, Nathan Gary. Gary's actually doing quite well for himself in Philadelphia. Getting a lot of playing time. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I know. Janovich, I knew he was with the Broncos. Not this anymore. is fullback you, after all. I believe he's on the Browns now. Oh, is he really? That's sad. No one wants to go to the Browns. And we will get to in the movie draft day. Yeah, that was meant to be a segue. I thought you'd take it. And I will take it. So, all, all of your hesitations would him sitting up in my chair now. All of your hesitations regarding the draft, I get that. But I love, I sort of almost love the fact that they make a huge TV event out of somebody reading names off a piece of paper. And I love how ridiculous the whole concept of the draft is. I just allow myself to wallow in that ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. Not as much as the creators of the movie draft day. How thorough do you want my summary of the movie to be? As bare bones as it can possibly be. (laughs) Okay. So the movie starts with shot inside the general manager's office of the Seattle Seahawks. They're trying to to trade away the number one pick in the draft. And the owner tells his GM, call the most desperate guy you know. So he calls the GM of the Cleveland Browns. Sonny Beaver Sr., no, Jr., excuse me, by Kevin Costner. Uh, Costner then (laughs) talks with uh, Seattle's guy. Uh, while Seattle's guy is eating pancakes, this will be important later, and uh, does not want to negotiate with him. And then the scene is not important. I love it. Um, we, we cut to running back, running back prospect Ray Jennings walking down the sidewalk in New York with his father, who is played by Terry Crews. Um, what? Why is yeah. Terry Crews here? <laughs> I know that's what I said. <laughs> Believe me, there's three more insanely random actors who just show up. Yeah. Um, and then Terry Crews' character is, I guess, his agent for his son as well. And his son is hoping to get picked by the Browns at seven. And his father's like a Cleveland Browns legendary running back. Says the saddest sentence I've ever heard. 
I want to be a brown, just like you, Pop. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> There's so many things wrong here. I don't even know where to begin. And that running back is being played by Arian Foster, who at the time was a running back for the Houston Texans. Why is he here? <laughs> Wait, the, like, the big draft prospect we care about is actually an NFL player? Yep. Where did Arian Foster go in the draft? Undrafted. Oh. oh. What? That's... This man might be the least qualified person. <laughs> he was way too old to be playing a college senior. This was like his year in the league. <laughs> Why? Oh my god. We cut then to the owner of the Cleveland Browns and Kevin Costner at a water park. Nobody else is there. They're just walking around the water park. Wait, there's two old men, one of whom is Kevin Costner, wandering around an empty water park? Yes! The reason being, it's a metaphor. The Browns what is it a metaphor? Oh god, why? Because the Browns owner wants Kevin Costner to make a splash in the draft. Kill me. You're <laughs> kidding. I am not kidding at all. Oh, no. God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hold on. He wants him to make a splash so there are two creepy dudes wandering around him. An empty water park. Okay, so I guess I forgot to ask this earlier, but it's just occurred to me. This kid really wants to be a brown. Yes. Okay. Do the Browns want him to sing because the clear number one pick in the draft. Oh. Him, it is University of Wisconsin quarterback. And apologies for this name. It will be triggering to a lot of Husker fans. I'm not making this up. Bo Callahan. <coughs> what? Yes. Bo Callahan from Wisconsin. Sounds like my least favorite person in the world. Yeah, he plays at Wisconsin. It has the name of two ex-Husker coaches. Jesus. And here's the kicker. His middle name, they reveal this in the movie, is Ridley. One letter away from being Riley. Mm, now I almost spell some bullshit. When did this movie come out? 2014. When did... When did Riley get here, though? That was after that. Yeah, it was after that, but So still. it was just this, like, horrible, horrible coincidence. Yes. Oh, God help us. So, oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah. So Kevin Costner feels pressure to trade up for Bo Callahan. Um, <laughs> trade up for Bo Callahan? For straight up for Bo Callahan at number one from number seven. But I thought we wanted um, the other guy at number one from number seven. No, well, the other guy he'll be there at seven, and and he wants to be a Brown, but the GM doesn't really know that he's not as wowed by him as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, played Dennis Leary. Oh, yes, I. Really wants Jennings, the running back. And 
Costner breaks the news. He has traded three first-round picks in the future for the number one pick in this year's draft. He's already pulled the trigger. Chris Leary is not happy about it. And then um, Kevin Costner's assistant by Jennifer Garner, who they have a lot of relationship drama that in no way should be in this football movie. It's there. Like it doesn't even remotely affect the plot? No. Literally nothing. I there's we'll get to it at the end of the movie, but like, yeah, it's such a confusing relationship because I have no idea if they are husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, or if they're even public with their relationship yet. And it's his assistant? Yes. That's weird, bro. Yeah. That's weird as hell. It is. I don't like that. Don't tell me she gets like knocked up or something. Moving on. Um what's that? You'll see. Okay. There's this other prospect though who will be important. Um the prospect actually calls Costner. Um the prospect is Vontae Mack, defensive end, Ohio State, who is played by Chadwick Boseman. Um, what? Yes. What? Chadwick <laughs> Boseman was in this sh- unbelievable. Okay. And at the time the trade is the trade request is not public. But Vontae Mack calls him and asks him about it, and he's like Oh, this is business. We see some prospects we like. You know, there's still a chance you'll go first round. Because I guess if they didn't pick him at seven, then he could either go 15 or just slide to the second round entirely. Mm-hmm. But then he tweets about it, and the whole world knows. And how Kevin Costner finds out about this tweet is that his mom calls him and tells him that Von Pimack just tweeted about it. And oh, Kevin Costner just. Oh, God. And then he pushes a swivel chair across the room in a fit of rage. It's hilarious. That sounds awesome. Yes, it's so good. The coach walks into Costner's office with the game plan on fire, saying, this is what you're doing to my team. And then they argue. Because the Browns already have a quarterback, a decent one, a guy who went 5-1 and one last year before he was injured. And the team finished 6-10. and 10. I have no idea why they need to make a splash when they had such a promising start last year. They were the dang Browns. Yeah. Anyways, Buster's starting to have doubts about Callahan after interviewing his coach and getting some information from some guy named Ralph. I don't know what he does on the Browns. Anyways, he calls uh, Callahan's agent, played by P. Diddy. Oh, God, why? Yes. The man Snow White, none of his teammates were at his 21st birthday party. Oh? Why is that? And Callahan said, to be honest, I don't remember that night. Uh oh. <laughs> yep. Did he well, do something horrible? No, not really. Bummer. Just, I thought it was <laughs> like he accidentally committed a war crime or something. <laughs> I wish, dude. But, That'd be um, a way better turn for this movie to take. I know. The only crime committed was by uh, running back Jennings, who sent the guy to the hospital after getting into a fight, and they're making that out to be a huge controversy. But, Man. Okay. 
Sure. Sure, I guess. But. These are more innocent times for college football before somebody smoked weed out of a gas mask the day before the draft. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm still kind of impressed that somebody, like, when you think about that story, do you ever think about the fact that somebody actually figured out how to smoke weed out of a gas mask? Because that's got to take some real initiative, man. I know. Anyway. Oh. Um. So then there's some more arguing. It turns out uh, his assistant knows football as well, and um, and she really likes Vontae Davis. So, Which one's Vontae Davis? The linebacker, Edward Bozeman. So, yeah, okay. While all of this is happening, the quarterback goes in the customer's office and just trashes it and threatens to quit. Oh, the current quarterback. Current quarterback, yes. Mm-hmm. Man, Kevin Costner's office has gone through a lot of shit during this movie. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> okay. And, and while this goes on, the owner is being a useless character who exists solely to get in celebrity football cameos. Um, he, there's a scene where he shakes hands with Roger, with Roger Goodell. No uh-huh. parts of the movie. Yep. It's just him talking to Roger Goodell, like, oh, it's the draft, and Roger Goodell's like, it's exciting. And that's the scene. Oh. God damn it. Okay. So more character stuff about Callahan arises. Uh, apparently, they sent him out a playbook, and then they do this trip where at the end of the playbook, there's a $100 bill. And so normally, the guys will mention it for him. Callahan, not only did he not mention it, he lied and said he got it when they know he didn't and they know he was lying. So he's like, oh, no, why do we not like this Callahan guy? I've already traded my first-round pick to him. So while he's thinking about that in his office, mom comes in with his dad's ashes. What? Yes! He comes in holding a jar of his dad's ashes. His dad was like this legendary Cleveland Browns football coach who he fired when we learn all of that in that moment. Um, who who fired? Kevin Costner fired his dad. What? And his dad died a year later. Oh my god, Kevin Costner killed his dad! Yeah! Oh god, okay, this is totally different from Field of Dreams, man! Yeah! <laughs> Jesus, okay. This is one hour before the draft. And, uh, he's like... Well, his dad's dying wish was... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow your damn roll. This is one hour before the draft begins. (laughs) Why is his mother allowed on the premises? I don't know. To do. Okay. All right. (laughs) This is so... (laughs) His dad's dying wish was like... I want my ashes spread on the 50-yard line on the practice field that they named after me. And the mom wants to do it right now. He's like, I'm drafting here, mom. And mom's yeah. like, I'm no Well, you know, well, I have another thought now. At least this dad only asked Kevin Cosner to, like, spread his ashes somewhere because the last one required a whole baseball field. <laughs> well, they already have a field named after him, so... That's true. <laughs> Fields and Dads with Kevin Costner. What the hell? 
can't go wrong. I mean, yes, you can. Apparently, you really super can. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so... Costner's so mad about this, he takes a laptop and just chucks it against a wall, <laughs> breaking it and putting a dent in the wall. There's so much gratuitous destruction of property. Why? <laughs> the laptop was his interns. He's this nerdy little 20-year-old guy. And he's like, my entire life was on that thing. And Costner's like, I'm sorry, but I've got business to do and just walks away. What? Kevin Costner's an asshole. Yeah, he said he'll buy him a new one, though, but like, still Jesus, dude. You just picked up a random laptop that's not even yours and he threw it because you're so upset that your mom wants to do dad's funeral an hour before the NFL draft. I mean, to be fair, that's a stressful situation. Let's not be too cruel to Mr. Cosner here. That's a lot. Yup. But so anyway. He's, he's just like looking out the window and then Jennifer Garner comes in and is like, want to go outside to clear your head? They're just talking outside. Right after he said he didn't want to go outside or do anything that's not draft prep, of course, he has time for his young assistant girlfriend. And while that's happening, the female procession just marches out of the office. And we don't, and then that plot line just never happens again. Wait, so he doesn't go to his. We don't know if he joined in or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does this movie ever end? We're getting there. Okay. Can we get draft to day? The actual day of the draft, which is, I mean, the hour. So the draft has started. He has the number one pick, and he selects Monte Mack. <gasps> what? The linebacker who's projected to go seventh, fifteenth, or maybe even second round? Why? Well, I guess earlier in the movie, the uh, assistant like dropped him a note in the pile of wreckage under his desk, and that note said Vontae Mack no matter what. That's why he picked it. And the front office is in chaos right now. They're like, what did you just do? What? Everyone's mad at him. The owner shows up, was just in New York, like at the start of the draft, somehow shows up before the sixth pick. In what? Cleveland. Yeah. He made that impossibly fast travel. Damn. Well, he's there now, and he's he's like, I want your head on my desk type stuff. And it turns out nobody else is picking Callahan. They're all scared of him. And Callahan gets all pissed, and he, he leaves the draft. He just walks out, and then P. Diddy goes up to him and says, this is the NFL draft. Anything can happen. Okay. Obligatory line. Yes. That's trailer bait if I've ever seen it. Yeah. So, so then he goes to Jacksonville's like, I'm not done yet. Jacksonville has the sixth pick, and he's like, I'll give you three years of number two draft picks for the sixth overall pick. And they agree. So he threw away his next three years of ones and twos. And everyone's like, You're an idiot. And he's like, We're on the clock. I got this. He calls Seattle. He traded with at number seven, and he's like, I'm going to pick Callahan unless you give me all my picks back. What? Yes. What? Yeah. What? Yes. He's like, if you don't give me all 
all of my picks back, I'm going to take Bo Callahan. And, like, the Seahawks are somehow really interested in him now, even though they traded away their chance to get him before. Of course, they give the picks back again to get him, which hold, is like... Hold... What? Yes! No. Makes no sense. I don't understand. So, let, let's get this straight. The Seahawks are really interested in Bo Callahan, but not interested enough, so they trade away their chance to get him. Yes. Then, Bo Callahan, his draft stock drops like a... Yes. Then, following this, oh, they give back literally like six picks. Just the number one draft picks. For the three number ones they gave to Seattle for the number one, they give back to Cleveland for number six. Why, 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 why? Costner's just that good. (laughs) This is unbelievable. Okay. But here's the thing. That's how it ends. Almost. We're almost there. Okay. You won't have to suffer for too long. Uh, then Jennifer Garner convinces them to throw in their punt returner, too. So that happens. Why? Because the deal would be off if he's not there, and they needed a punt returner. Okay. Yep. Sure, they get... anything goes. What the hell? No, it makes no sense. So they get Jennings at seven, and then now everybody's hailing him as a hero. It's like, Whoa, did you see what he just did? Browns fans are loving him. And, like, his mom is crying because she's so proud of him. And that's where the movie should have ended. The fans being overjoyed that their GM just traded up for the number one pick. The guy could have been a second rounder if he fell that far. Like, only two teams wanted him in the first round, and they picked him number one. Terrible pick. You could have traded back and gotten him and gotten more draft picks in return. And then they drafted the running back they were going to draft anyways. They've got those two guys, and they get a kick returner, and they lose three second rounds. Basically, got one guy they were going to draft anyway and created three second rounds for running back and a kick returner. That is a terrible trade by all senses of the word. No way would that fly in the NFL. Three seconds for a running back and a return man. He's hailed as a hero. It's one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Like, full stop. Best return man in the league I would not trade a second round for. Let alone three. Same thing for a running back. Well, anyways, that ends. And then uh, Costner announces to his mom that they're pregnant. Him and Jennifer Garner are expecting a baby, and then season uh, opens. I called it. Yep, you did. And then the last scene of the movie is Chadwick Boseman putting on a Browns helmet and running out of tunnel, which I believe should be played for every Browns home game from here until the end of time. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that was not a great movie, but seems like a great advertisement for the Browns. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready for this sentence from the New York Times? I was born ready. His 
on on Kevin Cosner, his face is softer than it used to be, and his body is a little thicker and slower moving, but his voice is still a marvel. There is no real difference between what this movie is about and what it displays. An aging professional doing his job. <laughs> Like his character, Sonny Weaver Jr., Mr. Cosner is very good at this, though sometimes apt to be underestimated. That is one of the most kind sentences or series of sentences in this entire review. Oh, God. Now, the director... This is an honorable mention. For his part, the director, Ivan Reitman, does an efficient job disguising this marshmallowy melodrama of a masculinity in crisis as a tough sports movie. <laughs> draft day. Yeah, I read that sentence already. But draft day with a ticking clock plot and a testosterone-saturated setting trots along briskly, even though most of the action consists of rushed cell phone negotiations. Ah. Oh. God, why were they so mean to them? Well, I don't know, but that movie was surreal. I loved almost every second of it. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I just kept reading. I've not read this far in the review. Like, I only read the first few graphs. Mm-hmm. But you've got to hear this. They're going through the different... <laughs> You're going through the different draft picks and listing the names of the uh, actors. So it's the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Josh Pence, the good-hearted linebacker, Chadwick Boseman, or the talented but possibly troubled running back. And then in parentheses, it has Arian Foster, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Like, even the New York Times is like, what? Why is Arian Foster here? No, when he first popped up, I'm like, I know that face from somewhere. Was it something I've seen before, maybe? And then when I read the name, I'm like, what? Oh. Well, it seems to me that Draft Day is a reasonable facsimile of what watching sports is actually like, in that it's confusing. There are random celebrities with more opinions than you think they have any right to have. Uh, it's all a corporate show, and it mostly just hurts you in the end. Yes. I'm going to watch this movie every year. I love it so much. <laughs> oh my god. It's like Charlie Brown on Christmas. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I anticipate paying half attention to the draft. Well, I probably watch like Peaky Blinders or something. Um, and uh, otherwise, any other news we need to cover before we let people go? Um, I'd say uh, the best thing to do if you're wanting sports back is just wait and see, because I don't think anybody knows anything about when things will happen. Yeah, that was the serious discussion we could have had this week that I didn't want to have, because I don't think it's right for this podcast right now. But I would really caution everybody to not freak out about when sports are coming back in either direction. Yep. Uh, it could be fall, it could be 2021, it could be by the end of the summer. Who the hell knows? Yeah, yeah, we don't know. Nobody knows. And, like, projections change daily, so just wait and see and listen to smart people. Yeah. Stay inside. See y'all later.